John 16. Let's take a look. And inside your bulletin, I had to do this again because... Oh, I felt like a failure a little bit last week. In the past couple of weeks. It's a good thing I have thick skin. But I, I did catch on. So I, I left a couple of things in here in the bulletin. So let's see how we do. This could get really bad. Alright, let's see. At least three different names Holy Spirit. Just yell them out. Just give me one. Counselor. Yes. Remind. Yes. We just vomited all of it. That was good. That was awesome. Good job. So we got counselor. We got helper, comforter, advocate. Um, I heard reminder. Good stuff. Um, what's his, Holy Spirit, his job description? Do you remember any of that stuff? That's it. Goes right with the names, right? God into truth. To remind. Judge, teach, right? All of his job roles fall really right within his names. Fall right there. So if you got one, you probably get two. What's the trap? What's the trap? Yes. Right on it. Nailed it. The trap is the shame attached with the conviction that the Holy Spirit does. You are no good. You'll never be any good. You've never had promise of anything happened there, it's certainly not going to happen here. You just have a way of screwing things up. All that kind of stuff. All that talk, all that mindset, all that language. That's the trap that the enemy tries to play. Where when Holy Spirit does his job, the enemy comes in and attaches shame. What we just talked about before, when the Holy Spirit does its job, he attaches hope. That's what our good father does. So this is a new question, just based on last week, not two weeks ago. The goal of a time spent with God. Yes. To connect our heart with His heart. That's the goal of a quiet time. Our goal of our quiet time is not to knock out two chapters, one chapter, ten verses. It's to connect my heart with His heart. Sometimes that will be a whole chapter. Sometimes that literally might be one verse. Or half of one verse. Sometimes that might involve reading the Bible. Sometimes that might not involve reading the Bible. It's just crying out in praise. Sometimes it just might be silent. So that's the goal of a quiet time. Some carry heavy burdens. Ah, I wanted to read more and did it. Listen, did you get a chance to connect with the Father's heart? And if you couldn't quite get it in that 15, 20 minutes or hour or whatever you had, you still got the whole day that Holy Spirit is looking to connect with your heart. So at the end of the day, if we can like lay down and go to bed and be like, man, I did not connect with my father once today. There's not too many, de- like when people ask good day, bad day, all that stuff, I, you know, I don't, I don't really think too much about that. But I feel like that's one of those days where it falls under a bad day category. It's like, dang, I missed it today. I was so busy. Straight up missed my father's voice today. I did not connect with I'd even feel a little bit better about it if, like, man, I, I put myself in a place that's really trying to hear his voice. I just did not, just didn't really get a sense of it. That's something we could definitely work with, right? That's something God can work with, but not even put it in the effort in there. It's craziness. 
Okay, here's the one we'll address today. The one truth that Jesus wants his disciples to find comfort in and does not want them to miss. Okay, so we're working our way through John chapter 16. And let's pray first so we take a look at it. So Father, I just, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our church family. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your encouragement to speak your truth. We pray for a release of continued freedom within our church family. That there would be freedom and release from strongholds that have been in people's lives for years. So, Father, may there also be a release of just a a comfort level to being able to share what you're doing in people's lives. I pray that our lack of speaking would not in any way inhibit what you want to do. I pray that it would be of primary importance in our lives and in our hearts that we can live all that we have for all that you are. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's check this out. John 6. Okay? So what we're going to do, we're going to take a look at... Well, we've got to cut this down. Get the re- through the rest of 16. Now we pick up mid-conversation, right? This has been John 14, John 15, John 16. And the whole deal is, Jesus is about to go to the Garden of Gethsemane where he's going to be betrayed. And Jesus, this is the only gospel where he really gets this in-depth about addressing some anxiety, some stress, and just overall confusion that he knows that the disciples are going to experience. He goes to great depths getting into this stuff. We've been talking about that the past couple of weeks. And so he closes here in John 16. We're going to start in verse 16. 16, 16. Boom, boom. In a little while, he's talking. In a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. How's that for clarity? (laughs) Verse 17. Some of his disciples said to one another, What does he mean by saying, In a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. And because I am going to the Father. They kept asking, What does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he's saying. So Jesus, being the perceptive man that he is, verse 19, Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this. So he said to them, Are you asking one another about what I meant when I said, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? Ah, yes. Verse 20, I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. That, like, didn't help, probably. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. What? Verse 21. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born unto the world. Verse 22. So with you, now is your time of grief. But I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. 
In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Wow. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Though I'm speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I'll no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day, you will ask in my name. I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No. The Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I don't need to ask anymore. You can go right to the Father. Verse 28. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. So then, you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things, and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. So verse 31. You believe at last, Jesus said. But a time is coming and has come when you will be scattered. Each to his own home, you will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things, so that in me, everybody say in me, me. you may have peace. Say have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome, everybody say overcome. Overcome. Overcome the world. And in John 17, we get to some awesome prayer time with Jesus, where you hear his words, his language, his approach to talking to God, which is very cool, which we talk about next week. This week, he finishes up this conversation in John 16, where basically says, hey, listen, he's still addressing this issue of them being worried and concerned. I'm going to go away uh, for a little while, and then I'm going to come back for a little while, and then this whole little while thing, I'm like, what? And basically, in short, what he's saying is, hey, listen, I got to go away. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to go. But then I'm coming back. And then you're going to see me when I come back. And then I'm going away again. And then I'll be back like way later. Second coming time. And so that probably still didn't really help them a whole lot. And he's like, well, listen. It's kind of like this. When a woman's going to have a child, she's like agonizing about what's about to happen. She's going to go through that whole birth process. And... uh, that's going to kind of be, when I leave, it's going to kind of be like that. You guys are just going to be agonizing. Because their whole life was just, they quit their job, they quit, they left everything. And then only three years later, he's just going to up and go. It's like, what? So he's like, you're going to agonize for a while. And in fact, when he leaves, a lot of pressures and threats are also going to come in greater intensity. And that's why he's like, man, the world's going to rejoice. He's like, the Christians are going to get snuffed out. We're going to be killing them. We're going to torture them. So the world is rejoicing in that. No more of these crazy Christians. But he's saying there's going to be a time when it's going to turn into unbelievable joy. And then he follows through at the end. He says, but listen, all these things are going to happen. But listen, take heart. I have in me, you will have peace because I've overcome the world. And that's the way he kind of finishes up. So one side note I have to share with you very quick before we move on. That whole birth thing, you know? There is a third Murphy coming into the world. (laughs) 
awesome. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yes, yes, and congrats to you too as well. That's right. Um, apparently. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I was going to share that with you as we read the passage, but I was like, yeah, that's going to take away from what's going on here. But um, I wanted to share that. And Julie's like, you know, do you have the ultrasound picture? You know, you can just throw it on the slide. I'm like, I lost it. I don't know where it is. So it's in the house. We lost it, right? We? No, it's me. Yeah. So it's me. So we do have it, though. It's, it's just misplaced. It's misplaced. Um, but yeah, she's 12 weeks. So, uh, yeah. And listen, truth be told, the, the initial finding out, I'm, I'm just telling you the truth, you can't, we just can't lie in church. You, just can't, you can't lie anyways. You definitely can't lie in church. You can't. So, the, uh, yeah, yeah, no details. But the first time, you know, we found out, <laughs> our initial reaction wasn't like high-fiving and hugging. It was like, wow, Really? Wow. <laughs> you know, because it was like we, we didn't exactly do everything within our power to prevent it, but we weren't exactly like, hey, we're aggressively going after three. Um, but, um, but we know. It's a huge blessing. We're so incredibly thankful for it. We're going to love the snot out of this little one, too. And it's going to be awesome. If it's a girl, it's going to throw us for a loop for a little bit. Um, but... Uh, Let's see what happens. So, as you see Julie get a little bigger, that's why. That is why. Yeah, not much bigger. She doesn't get that big anyways. All right, so here's the deal. We, we'll, we'll cover this, this part real quick here. Okay, so here we go. So here's the message. 14, 15, 16. I was kind of blown away when I really thought about this a little bit more and just prayed about it. I was like, Lord, like, what's... Let's tie this thing together here. I mean, the, the, the disadvantage you have with talking about a passage in church is that it gets so spread out during times, and then by the time you get to here, you totally forgot about what happened over there. Um, so here's what I felt like the Spirit laid on my heart, is that the main message Jesus was trying to address is that he's leaving, he knows they're going to have a difficult time, but the main message was this. Um, He's talking to the disciples. You're going to have a wide range of hurt and confused feelings. Don't trust them. That's what I feel like he's saying to them. He's like, you know what? You guys are going to have a wide range of hurt and confused feelings. Don't trust them. So I was interested. I was curious about that because I was like, wow. Like he took all this time to address their feelings. Uh, And then something went off in me. I was like, so he was never like... There wasn't like a suck it up buttercup kind of thing in there. It wasn't like, I've been with you. Just figure this thing out. You're going to be okay. Sort of. There was really, he, he invested like a lot of language and dialogue within these three chapters. And he's still not quite done. He still didn't even pray yet. So that was interesting to me. But then he said, don't trust them. So I was like, well, that's interesting too. So then the question, some implied questions there are like, don't trust those feelings because they don't matter. Don't trust those feelings because they're wrong? Uh, or do they matter, but not that much? Or what's the correct way in handling them? 
that's like, you know, what's the deal? What's going on here? Because he took three chapters to address them, but why and what's happening? So I feel like the emotions of a person are of significant importance, and so I want to just talk about that real briefly right here. Sound good? Because I don't think it's like, that's at the heart of what he's talking about. So listen, I want you to experience joy. I want you to experience peace. I want you to have joy to the fullest. And repeats that through the whole thing. So it matters what we're feeling and what's going on. It's significant. So let's see here. One way I tried to think of it. Think of emotions. So you guys all got smoke detectors. Well, supposed to have smoke detectors in your home, right? With With batteries, yeah. Hopefully they work. Right? That smoke detector, right? It's job is to detect when a fire or too much smoke is happening. And then the point of that detector is that somehow within its workings, a certain smoke level, danger level arises. It becomes aware. It sounds off a signal. Everybody in the house could be the neighborhood. They all hear it. Nobody sits around thinking about like, Hmm, that noise is very interesting. That's like a chime noise. That's more like a clanging noise. We should do a study on how that noise got to be with inside that smoke detector. What exactly are the type of metals inside there that make that type of noise? Like, people aren't thinking like that when it's going off. <laughs> At least most people. Um, people also should not be thinking, you know what? I'm going to now readjust my entire life so that that can always be on, but I just don't hear it. Walk on headphones all the time just so you don't hear the noise. In many ways, what smoke detectors are for a house, emotions are to the soul. So emotions, they're like a detector that something's going off. Fear is coming in. Anxiety is coming in. Depression is coming in. Self-esteem issues are surfacing. Like there's feeling, distraught is com- coming in, frustration is coming in. And it's setting off this alarm that's not happening, that's built in from God. So I don't think there's a ton of value to then sit and just stay talking about those feelings. It's almost like just talking about the sound or the way that thing is just going off. Doesn't seem much value. Just like if you were to go to the doctor... And you come in, and I'm feeling so high. You know, you go in there, hey, doc, so-and-so. I'm fe- He's the first thing you're going to ask, what are your symptoms? Well, I'm feeling tired, lethargic. I got these headaches, you know, whatever it is. The doctor's not then going to say, let's talk more about these feelings here. And how are they now making you feel because of that? The doctor's then, he's going to say, okay, here's what I got. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run some tests now based on what you just told me. So the doctor then will take it, and he's looking for the root. He's looking for the root of those problems, what's making those symptoms, what's making those things happen. So for us as Christians, I think we're very much, God has given us these emotions. I think there's a particular way to handle them, which we'll talk about in a minute, but he's given them them, giving us to them to be an indicator of something's off, something's not right. We're definitely sensing something. So the idea is not to totally shut them off, suppress them, and say they don't matter. But at the same time, they should not immediately dictate what we do next. 
Does it make sense? So I think that our emotions need salvation as well. Our, our emotions need salvation. Like, just because we feel what we feel doesn't exactly mean that tells the whole story. And I don't think they're originally like that. So if you look at Genesis 3, which I guess we probably don't really have time to go there, but in Genesis 3, what happened at the very beginning, you see that as soon as they did what God told them not to do and sinned, what set in immediately? First things that set in. Fear. They were hiding. Oh, snap, I got no clothes on, you know? <laughs> you know, hiding behind their tree. Where did that come from? Right? All of a sudden, there's this fear. And then they're covering. Shame just set in. The stuff just set in. And then what came next? She did it. <laughs> no, no, he did it. Like immediately, as soon as sets in on the picture, like there's like these strange feelings. Fear, right? Shame, blaming. Then you get two boys that show up on the scene. Then jealousy sets in. That just leads to a murder. It's craziness. So we can't think for a moment that our emotions are absolutely the gospel truth of what's going on. We just can't think that way. Just not the case. So the world would say... Oh, you know, so-and-so, maybe they have a particular um, addiction or area they're trying to work through within them. A Christian would say there's a stronghold in their life that the enemy has had. We would say there's a stronghold there. And you could think of a stronghold as like a path in the woods. Some paths, you just make your own for the first time. you got little kids, you make a lot of first-time paths. You just go through there, and they make their own ways, and they're hard to get through, and you're ducking through, so you're getting hit in the face, and then they're hitting you. It's like this whole thing, and you're just... But then you go on the bridal trail. It's big, wide, open, awesome thing, and you're just, you know, horses are passing you, the guy on the bike. But that big, wide bridal trail, that's like a stronghold. That thing's just been... It's been worn down by people walking on, been worn down, worn down, worn down, to where it's now it's just big, wide path to where it's just, there's a lot of room in there. Where it felt a certain way, felt a certain way, other things have confirmed that feeling, and it just becomes a stronghold over time. And people have strongholds of having no value. They just think they're not worth anything. That's a stronghold. Or people are just consumed with fear of what might happen. What might happen when they leave here today? I'm so afraid of what might develop later in the day. Or what conversation I might be involved with with so-and-so. Real deal things. Those are called strongholds that the enemy has had away with for a long time. And those feelings, right, they need salvation. They need Holy Spirit to get in there and have the spirit of truth set people free. It's a big deal. Holy Spirit sets us free for salvation, absolutely, but many, many, many Christians, we need to be set free emotionally. There's stuff locked up and pent up in there that completely just put up a wall and a barrier from what God wants to do. Because we're so concerned 
with hedging our bets and conserving what it might do to us emotionally. Oh, that's, that's, that's a prison. And it's so hard to just read a verse and say, we can overcome the world and we're victorious in him when we really know, no. I'm just afraid about what they're going to think of me next. We're called to be set free in that stuff. Set free in it. So these emotions, we've got to just have them bear on the altar for God and saying, God, have your way with it. So important. So important. So how does that work? What does it look like? The way it works is that Jesus spent chapters 14, 15, 16 in John. The way that he said to deal with this is he said, believe in me. Reside in me. Know that I am coming back again. Know that I will be with you. Know that you'll be with the Father and you'll bear fruit. This is all knowing, 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 believe, believe. This is all a mental thing. So the idea with emotions is that they are a byproduct of what we're thinking. They're a byproduct of what we're thinking. So if somehow we can get to the mind part, it'll definitely affect what we're feeling after. It'll definitely affect it. So if you go... <laughs> I don't know. You go to do a... Uh, let's say like a lottery. Trying to get... You know, at some point, we've got some neighbors that got their kids in school, and I was just thinking about that just now. So they're trying to get their kids in school. There's a lottery they got to fill up. they got to submit their stuff. Let's say a week later, they got to call back. Hey, listen, uh, thanks for the application, but, you know, we just didn't, uh, just didn't work out. We didn't choose you. Family at that point in time, some emotion things could happen. Oh, that's stupid town. They sucked anyways. Take all your tax money. They don't help anybody out. Da, 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 da. And here you are just like getting it all going. You know what I mean by getting it all going. And if you don't, I want to hang out with you because that's pretty cool. <laughs> but then let's say they call back five minutes later. Hey, you know, we just called you. Make a, we made a mistake. We thought this was somebody else. This was actually, this was for you. Congratulations. Like you're actually, you made it. All of a sudden, your emotions just went, hang up the phone. That is such a good town. I thought, like, they were so good. <laughs> they did that event on that thing. They're really good. I just, we do these things, right? Our emotions got to be saved regardless. Hopefully, the Christian in the middle will be like, man, Lord, I don't get that. I thought that you set this thing up, so I thought that you were going to, I'll just tell you what, Lord. I'm just grateful you went before me. I think you got this thing figured out. I'm just following you. Where, where are we going? Then what's next? You must have something else. That's much better, right? That's what we're called to do. So it's, it's not denying those emotions are there, that there's confusion, maybe frustration. But you immediately brought them right to the throne. And I said, Lord, what, what are we doing? I trust in who you are. I have faith in what, and this is the time we can confess and declare like we just did a couple minutes ago. So if we can get that attached to our mindset, it'll affect and infect our feelings to where when Jesus says things like, when you give your life away, surely then like you'll find. 
man, to when you can just give your life away and people don't have much of a button to push on you and it's really hard to get a rile out of you or really hard to be offended. You're living, you're living the life. Because Jesus is right there. Like, it will turn into a place. And I'm telling you, Christian brothers and sisters, you are being taken to a place where there will be no grid for easy insults on you. Please be in agreement with that process and don't let that take longer than what it has to take. That's where you're being taken. To where emotionally you can be sound and not held hostage. Most of us, that's just a lot of what we know. But you need to know the truth, and I'm telling you the truth right now. If you're a Christian, you are being taken to a place, being made into the image of Jesus Christ, to where you don't have much of a grid for any offense anymore. I'm telling you. That does not mean that, some people think, well, I'm way far. Whatever. Then you're way far. Go with it, though. Be in agreement with it. Agree to that and go with it. Doesn't mean you won't have frustrations and difficulties along the way. Things will happen. If we got a doctor's report tomorrow, you know, from the baby and something happened, I'll be upset about it. I'm still going to confess and say, God, I know that you're bored. I know you put this little one in there. We didn't even plan it, so this is really on you now. So you need to show up. So I'm going to be praying. I'm telling you right now. I don't know if you'll be praying that with me, but you'll, you know, that's, that's what we're called to be doing. That's what we're called to be doing. That's what we're called to be going. It's where his truth, his truth, there's such a premium on truth. Do you understand? Such a premium on truth. And that truth needs to get inside of us and just rework us. Because even our emotions need saving too. So the best news of all. Here's the answer to the question. We close with this. Last verse in 16. Verse 33. I have told you these things so that in you, so that, oh sorry, in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So the one truth that Jesus wants us to have is to find comfort in I want them to miss the life that you now live, you live in me. My victories, you're capable of having those in your own life. There's no reason why you should not be walking in that. That's what he's saying. I have, what? well, it's like, you know, why would Jesus say that? Like, well, yay, Jesus, well, wonderful. He's not like, hey, I did it, so try to get there. It's not what he's doing. I have overcome. And he says, in me, you're there. Believe and go with the process. Believe and go with the process. Don't find the reasons not to go to church. Don't find the reasons not to pray in public. Don't find the reasons not to be generous. Don't find the reasons not to like not have self-control sexually. Don't find reasons to do all this crazy nonsense. Go after what's important. Amen, amen, amen. We close in prayer. Let's do it.
Because the good news is, right, he can use great victories and great failures. Victories and failures, it's like not even a thing. He could do anything with it. And you could read one later today, Genesis 50, verse 20. Basically says, what you intended for evil, the guy was talking to his brothers that sold him into slavery and hoping that he would just die and be off the planet. And he goes to his brothers, man, what you intended for evil, the Lord intended for good. It doesn't even matter what we bring to him. We just got to faithfully bring it to him in a humility and with a heart that's ready to go. So, Father, I pray that you would instill in my heart, continue to instill in my heart, continue to instill in each of our hearts a heart that's moldable that you can work with. You have overcome the world, and our cry in our church is that we can be a group of people that can also cry out, we're overcomers. I'm an overcomer. I do not have to be held hostage by bitterness, by unforgiveness. I don't have to be held hostage by offenses. No need to clam up or shut down when things get uncomfortable. Father, I thank you. You're making us brand new from the inside out. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just give a release among us for an ability to embrace the process of growth you're doing in our lives. I pray that our image management would be on the back burner and that we would be concerned with authentic living. Image management is nonsense. Pour out greater truth in our homes and in our hearts. And I pray that we would be passionate about pursuing after your truth. You're choosing to partner with us. You want our cooperation. And I pray that we would cooperate with you. Even when we don't understand and don't feel it. Set people free, Lord, that just need that emotional freedom, God. Where there's strongholds. Breakthrough, Father, breakthrough. I pray that people wouldn't be too proud to ask for prayer, Lord. And surround themselves with people that they know they need some help and some encouragement. Thank you for the good work you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.